3: Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt,
1: Andy Brad Bernard,
0: Alex Brad Bernard Rasmussen,
3: Mike Molina, Tevin Pittman, and we'll be right back. Tim Lammers with us still too, right? Yes, sir. Excellent. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer Way. Up front, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake, and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to
1: represent people who have been hurt, then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, One of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start
3: asking you questions, or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. show part two tim Lammers with us so tim anything at all coming up in 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 movies in the next three months next 90 days anything
5: uh what are you doing there tim
3: tim
6: oh sorry sorry my computer is uh, running out of juice and i just asked my wife to bring a cord up sorry i'm here
3: so where were you guys on the? Where were you guys in Studio A t- for about two minutes? There.
6: No, uh, the computer just crapped out on me. It's- oh, good start you- to the week.
4: It's a Monday. What are so you gonna? To do? be expected.
3: Well, we're moving into new studios in uh, about six weeks. Six weeks, brand new studios. Life will be grand.
4: Uh, we watched a new um, series. What is it? No, it's not Netflix. It's a Hulu original. Hulu, yeah. The Looming Towers, Loomy, or the, the Looming Tower. Yeah.
3: You guys seen the Looming Tower?
6: Nope. Nope.
3: No, I have not.
4: Well, that puts a damper on that. then.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. I'm, you know, I'm still trying to finish up the Punisher so I can get to Jessica Jones. So, you know, eh, you know, I get there.
3: We watched the Pun. Actually, I think I've watched a few episodes of the Punisher. That's a pretty good show, actually.
6: It's a great show and you know it's interesting because obviously it's it's rooted in the whole comic book thing but it is not a comic book show. You know it's 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 no. really more like an action gritty action crime drama throughout the whole thing. There's no fantastical elements about it at all. You no. know which is what I like about the Netflix Marvel stuff. It's all grounded in reality.
3: Yeah, the, the Punisher is good. The Looming Tower, uh, we watched. There are six episodes of it so far. It's got everybody. Alec Baldwin actually uh, is in it. He plays George Tenet in it. It names real, oh, peop- really. Yeah, it names real people in real situations. Yeah, it uses real footage. It what it does amazingly to me is it blames the attack on the towers. And this is on Hulu now, so it's not exactly your Fox Television or anything like that. Uh, it blames the the bombing of the towers in New York on Bill Clinton, basically because his no atten-
1: kidding, yeah, wow. because
3: they said he was distracted by the Monica Lewinsky thing, and that's all he was thinking about was the Monica Lewinsky thing. And yeah. several things happened, and he just ignored them. His administration ignored them. It's oh, pretty interesting.
6: Not, this does now. I'm putting this on my list. This sounds really interesting.
4: Yeah, the first episode we weren't sold on it. It wasn't because all of you know I. I think this is the new formula. They make it so that everybody is obnoxious and you can't stand any of the characters. And then all of a sudden, Uh in like episode three, their humanity comes out, and then you know who to like. I think that's kind of the new formula. Why would
5: they do that, though?
4: I don't know. Probably because they just don't want a clear-cut vision of who's good and who's bad, you know, like an old-timey model. It's just the new thing to do. And also the the editing is kind of odd. It is, yeah. Every once in a while, they'll just... Cut to something. You're like, "What is this, and why is this here?" It just kind of, yeah. It's it's a little rough in some spots, but it's getting mm. better and better. Laura Michaels. How
3: many is the one episodes are one? there?
5: I think there's six.
3: Six, yeah, yeah. total.
6: Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I definitely got to see
5: that. It's only two weeks old, so it is on Hulu, so you can What's watch it there. What's only two weeks old? Yeah. Tower.
6: Oh, really?
3: It's only two weeks old. Mm-hmm. Oh. I didn't know that. I had no idea. February twenty eighth. Yeah, Laura, Laura. Is it Laura.
6: one of those they release one a week sort of things? I th- well, think maybe.
4: Yeah, well, all of them are on Hulu now, right?
5: Yeah. Well, it premiered on Hulu, so I think it was produced maybe by Hulu. I yeah. think it was, yeah. yeah.
4: They're doing the original series thing like Netflix does.
6: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, they've done a few of those. I mean, not nearly as many as Netflix, but yeah, they've. They, well, Handmaid's Tale is one of
3: them, right? Yep. That Hulu yep.
6: produced.
5: There's only four out right now. Next ones are coming out the 14th and the 21st. So, yeah, once a week.
3: Oh, so there are only four. So we've seen all but one of them. Oh, okay. So we'll have to keep up with that. But, yeah, first episode, we kind of went, oh, it's another one of these. It's kind of like Homeland. Yeah, that's uh, what you said. It
4: reminded you of Homeland, which it did. So you weren't all that hot about it. But after episode two, you're like, let's
0: watch another one.
3: Yeah, we stayed with it. It, It's pretty good. There's a lot of good stuff on, obviously, there's too much good stuff on TV right now. You cannot possibly watch all these shows and a lot of them are really damn good.
6: Well, my favorite and I've said this before, right now, season 3 baby, Ash versus Evil Dead.
3: I know. I do like Ash versus Evil Dead. It's great stuff. You know, Tim, it's, it's not over the top great. at all. It's not over the top at all.
6: No, 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 the gore and the blood. No, no, but it's funny and it's not afraid to be what it is. You know, they're, you know, uh, Ash is a character that's stuck in you know the eighties, and he's very, very inappropriate, which is something yes. you can't get away with a lot these days.
2: That's so I think it's
6: funny, it, it, and it, you know, just entertaining. It's, it's, you know, all rooted with the Sam Raimi stuff, and you know, Sam and I are, we go, we go way back.
3: Sure, you know, you and Sam. I was thinking about that. <laughs> There's no question about it. you and Sam Raimi. You are the one that had the talking goat idea, weren't you? <laughs> no, not exactly. That is yeah, the worst. no,
6: I, I actually thought that was that, that was a good movie to drag me to hell. Oh, um, I hated but,
3: that movie. <laughs> Honestly, when that goat starts swearing, calling everybody mother effers, and it's like, oh, <laughs> God, a goat. Okay, whatever you yeah. say, goat.
5: It's a reference to Baphomet. Baphomet. Yes. What's that? He's a goat demon kind of thing. Oh, in, um, Baphomet, yeah. In a
3: pagan lore. Yeah. Well, this thing—it's just—it's so far over the top. But yeah, I mean, along that line, you got you got Ash versus Evil Dead. You got uh, Stan versus Evil, which is written by Dana uh-huh. Gould. Our pal Dana Gould. Uh, they're, they're just, seriously, people tell me about these series all the time, and I can't possibly get to all of them. There are so many series on so many networks now. Uh, Catherine and I watched The Joel McHale Show. Um, uh, Netflix trending, is that, is that pretty accurate, do you think, Tim, or do they just try to promote shows that they want to promote?
6: Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of an iffy deal because they will not release how well their shows do.
3: That's what I thought. So,
6: yeah, yeah. So, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, naturally, um, some shows do better than others. Otherwise, they wouldn't cancel shows because I do believe right. they've canceled shows.
3: Well, have they? So,
6: really? I, I, I don't know.
3: Does anybody know of a, a show that Netflix canceled? Because I, I, I do not. No. So I think they canceled I, Daredevil. I'm pretty
6: sure they have.
1: Think, oh, they did cancel Daredevil. I, I, I think they at least, at least they put it on the back burner as they were releasing all these other shows. Because I know that
5: oh, they have cut a lot of P- of
3: shows. Really, like what
5: Marco Polo? I've never even heard of it. Uh, Longmire, Lilyhammer. Well, Hemlock Longmire Grove. came to an end
3: though. That that they didn't cut it. That just came to an end. Well, Lilyhammer. Oh,
5: Sense Eight. They cut probably because it's the worst show I ever made. What is it? Sense Eight. What is that? It's so bad. That's it's a, a Netflix,
3: Netflix.
5: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Marco Polo and Sense8, Um Lilyhammer. I've heard of, but I don't know why. Yeah,
3: that, that's Little Steven.
5: Yeah, so they've cut
3: shows. They've cut a few. But Longmire just came to an end. They they didn't cut that. It just it came to an end. Catherine and I think I have four episodes left in that series because that started out on A&E and then ended up over on Netflix. Joel McHale's show started as The Soup on E! Network. I haven't... Is E-Network now, is that all their programming for people under 11 years old? <laughs> it might be.
6: Honestly. But I, I have to tell you quickly that you know who they did cancel also before Joel McHale came along was uh, Chelsea Handler.
3: They oh, canceled her that's show. right. She's just hit the wall, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but
6: but E, you know, you're talking about the Kardashians,
3: right? I mean, yes. that's yep.
6: who they pretty much aim their programming at, isn't it?
3: I think so. It's a, Yeah, it's pretty much your Ryan Seacrest Network is what it is whatever he produces oh remember they tried to put knock knock live on abc televisions oh god it lasted one episode i believe that was a ryan seacrest brain child that didn't work out too well now did it
6: well i suppose he has to justify his pay somehow because he's making a gazillion dollars he is
3: making a ton of dough but uh yeah, how here was, we go. Knock, knock. Uh, two episodes. Two episodes. Two. Mm-hmm. There's two whole episodes that lasted. And it was all. It was a game show about. It was a reality show. Oh, it was a reality show.
5: Guest celebrities in Seacrest would visit the homes of ordinary people and give them a prize such as cash or a new car, and that's it.
3: So it's look how wonderful I am? Yeah.
5: They would just go to people's oh, houses God. and give them stuff. Oh,
3: God, is that horrible?
5: Wow. That sounds really. Well, no wonder it died in two episodes. Yeah, no wonder it
3: died in two episodes. This is exactly right. Um, I don't know. You, you guys seen anything new at all?
0: Yes, I have. What? It's my new favorite show. I just watched it last night with Dan. It's the same people that did the OJ thing. Mm-hmm. It's called Unsolved, Tupac and Biggie.
3: <laughs> oh, good and it's going through, And it goes
0: through the whole thing, and it's so... Freaking good. We watched the first episode last night, and Dan is a very big Tupac fan. And the casting is just so good. They look so much like them, and I'm very excited about it.
3: I have a question. How does a kid who grew up in Wilmer become a huge Tupac fan? He's cultured, Tom. He's super cultured. He's I mean, cultured. He went to <laughs>
0: Dad. He went to St. Thomas. I mean Oh,
3: that's right. It doesn't get There's much lot more of-
0: hood than that.
3: Wait, is, is it St. Thomas he's University? So <laughs> <of course>. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Yes. Yeah, very, very hood, no question. I think uh, basically, see, he likes it so much, he just calls him Pac, doesn't he? Yeah, Pac. Yeah, he drops the two. Yeah. He just drops the two. A lot of people are dropping the two now. The pock Pac. I just go with Pac. Yep. That's one thing I honestly got. When I go to a grocery store, it's mostly at the grocery store, and you hear these, you know, obviously upper middle class white kids trying to talk street it i um i feel it like is, vomiting yeah
5: it's sad well they've been uh, doing that for decades they people have. they were doing that when i was a kid
3: yeah but unless they're gonna say something like freaky deaky i don't want to hear it at least <laughs> that was deaky, funny jive turkey
5: <laughs> jive,
3: jive turkey, turkey. listen you jive turkey y'all trying to be all freaky deaky on me <laughs> i don't know whatever whatever, it's just, it's a weird deal. So so you were watching Tupac and Biggie, huh?
0: Yep, unsolved.
3: So w- have you taken a uh, side yet, East Coast or West Coast, Alex?
0: Well, I, there's so many things that I didn't know about this whole situation. Like, a lot of people think that the cops were involved in their murders. Oh, and of course, of course they, they do. do. No, there was like, God. there was, so after both of them were, murdered there was a cop that was shot by another cop that was undercover and mm-hmm. it turns out that the cop that was killed was like hanging out with suge knight and all this stuff and he seems like very sketchy but he was also a cop but he wasn't an undercover cop Uh huh. and so there's i there's a lot more that i need to find out obviously but I, I can see it. So you're going to dedicate your life to I'm watching very... Tupac and Biggie? Yep. We watched one episode last night. We have right. another episode recorded. And I was like, let's watch the next one. And Dan was like, no, we need to go to sleep. So like, yeah.
1: never. And if you really want to go down the rabbit hole, you can find YouTube videos where they try to give you evidence that Tupac is still alive and fake his own death yeah, yep. There was a point in my life where I believed that on, like, September 23rd and 2020, he's going to be come back. Okay. That, yeah, so. Okay. He might not be dead. Why done. 2020? The- I don't know. There was some, like, where he has, like, for uh, whatever it is, Machiavelli, that's some date that he came back or faked his death, whatever. So there's a bunch of strings connected. And, yeah, when I was in college, I was convinced 100% that he was coming back.
0: Interesting. Yeah, a lot of people think he's alive. People... The guy that plays him... People
1: can't...
5: Tupac? Let me me find out. Well, I'm sure that dad's never heard of him, but still... The guy who played Tupac. He looks um, so much like this? him. Tupac
6: versus Biggie or some crap? It's unsolved. Tupac. Alex, did you say that the people that did American Crime Story did this?
0: Yeah, it's the same people that did,
6: yeah. Yeah, unsolved. I mean, it, it seems perfect for an American Crime Story. Yeah, seriously. I haven't seen the Gianni Versace one yet. I'd love to see that.
3: What? On Versace? Gianni yeah,
6: that's, well, that's supposed Versace? to be really good.
0: I didn't mm. know about this. Where is yeah, that? Yeah, the guy from Minnesota yeah.
3: killed him. Hmm.
6: What? Where? It started, I don't know, a few weeks ago, but um, uh, on FX, the first one was O.J., and now it's Johnny Versace. <gasps> and um, who is all, oh, Ricky Martin's in it, um, Edgar Ramirez plays Johnny Versace, somebody else, uh, uh, one of the kid, the kid from, the, a kid from Glee actually plays Cunanan, the guy that, uh, the murderer. I need to watch it.
3: We're going to have to catch up with it in the next segment because I'm telling you, I'm on pins and needles.
0: I am. <laughs> well,
3: you know what I'm saying. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to hanging out on the dock with family and friends. Let Flow enhance your experience with their rock-solid dock systems. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Flow boat lifts are a breeze to level using a cordless drill with their patented easy-level system. Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. Visit Flow at the Northwest Sports Show at the Minneapolis Convention Center, March 22nd through the 25th. Be sure to ask for the show special, where, with a qualified purchase, you'll receive a free three-piece furniture set or free wireless remote. And mention you heard this ad on KQ for an additional $50 off a dock or lift system. To find out more about Flow Systems, visit their website at F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L dot com. Flow docks and lifts, a better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutrimost weight loss plan. I have started up another round at the new Nutrimost Plymouth location. And those unwanted pounds, they're going fast. Unlike any other weight loss program, Nutramost is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Nutramost of Plymouth is hosting a free informational dinner where you too can learn how to have success losing weight just like me. Neil Sheehy, Nutramost client and owner who played nine years in the NHL and as an agent to some of the NHL's current top players, we'll be at the dinner. It's Tuesday, April 3rd, 6 p.m. at Jake's City Grill in Plymouth, located around the corner from Nutrimost, just off Highway 55 and 494. Space is limited, so call 763-333-7337 now to register. That's 763-333-7337. That's the way it
0: is. Come on, come on. That's just the way it is. We're back, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Alex has ruined the show by watching Tupac and Biggie because now it's we have to hear that. So
0: good. And I'm so excited. You love that one Tupac song.
3: Yeah, California love. It's the only rap song I like. Oh, no, it's not true. I like uh, Sugar Hill Gang too. Rapper's Delight. You do
0: like rappers. It was
3: the first Delight. rap song that we all have ever heard. That's why we call it hip hop. If yep.
0: If
4: hip hop were in when you were a teenager you would have been all over no it way. Totally. <laughs> no way totally you, know, like, you would have
5: been you would no have been way. a rapper i can guarantee uh, no it way. <laughs> i was a teenager when it was new and i was not <laughs> so much of it is just so so
3: bad there is no way that i would have i like singers too much i like people who can sing yeah that's a thing. there are very few people who can sing anymore tupac Rap went to lazy. juilliard oh did really? he
1: yep yeah wow he was a big what did he theater, study,
0: theater guy. Yep, and he read a lot. And he's, uh, he, yeah, well, he's not, an intelligent like Tup- individual.
3: Tupac. Yeah, well, I'm not saying they're all idiots; just most of them. <laughs> no, there are there are a lot <laughs> of idiots. <Yeah>. Wiz
0: Khalifa <laughs> is a great human being.
3: Just Wiz Khalifa? <laughs> is he still even around? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, duh. Oh, he is. Drake. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> From who even
3: plays that? Who, does anybody play that in the, the Minneapolis-St. Paul market anymore? Is B ninety six still around? Oh no, yeah. there's B no, uh, ninety no, six. Go,
5: yeah, the radio. The
1: there's one in the, no. the Cumulus building. The vibe.
0: Oh, vibe. Yeah.
1: Oh, is that hip hop? Yep.
3: Zany's a good guy. I met I met Zany a few times. He's a good guy. So I don't know. I, I it's just. I I just hate it because it destroyed the rhythm and blues market. I like R&B music, and it doesn't even exist anymore, basically. No.
1: And today's today's hip-hop is absolutely terrible. Yeah. Like the 21 Savage, Lil Yachty, Lil Pump. Mumble rapping. That's <laughs> little Yachty Yeah, there's some bad <laughs> the music being played. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Look up a little Yachty song once, and I've you'll never probably heard hate of me. Yeah,
0: little <laughs> Lil Yachty
1: or like Lil pump or, yeah, little pump, or little pump. Type in mumble rapping, and that's what people are into. Today. Oh, what?
3: Yeah, it's it's not okay. good. Little pump. Who can play it on the air? Because I want to hear. I want to hear some mumble rapping. <laughs> uh, well, make sure you find it. You yeah, Make you sure you find some unedited ver- or edited versions for. When yeah, yeah. Well, they got to drop the f bomb in there. (laughs) Although, if they drop the big N, who cares? Let's just put it out there, (laughs) you know. God, I don't know. It's just—it's not my kind of music. I don't care for it. Never have cared for it. I just—it just took the place of R and B, and I'm not happy with that. That makes sense, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, you lost something that was near and dear to you, Tom. And you're just one of those—you're like the guy, the old guy on the on the porch—that's the get off my lawn type of guy. I feel like. Old guy
3: on the porch. Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, That's what like I yelling am. at the squirrels for climbing in the trees in your yard.
3: And. I've been doing that for years. I've been doing that for years. That's all I have to say. Fox aired its controversial OJ Simpson The Lost Confession special Sunday night featuring clips from an interview he gave back in 2006 to Judith Regan about how the murders of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman might have happened. The interview never aired back then in part because of public backlash. Fox's two-hour special included commentary from a panel discussing the case and it put a focus on domestic violence, details and reaction. His own words, See, a key portion of the interview in which Simpson talks about the murders, he refers to a friend named Charlie being with him and handing him a knife. Now, most people believe there's no such person as Charlie. He just made it up, right? Uh, Simpson talks about going to Nicole's house on Charlie's suggestion to confront her And getting into an argument outside with Goldman, who arrived soon after, that drew out his ex-wife per CBS. As things got heated, I just remember Nicole fell and hurt herself, and this guy Goldman kind of got into a karate thing. And I said, well, you think you can kick my ass? And I remember grabbing the knife. I do remember that portion, taking a knife from Charlie. And to be honest, after that, I don't remember, except I'm standing there, and there's all kind of stuff around. He would clarify later and say, blood and stuff. So he confessed to it, basically. Not basically, he confessed to yeah. it. Yeah, well, There's
1: nothing hypothetical about what you just said. Like, where does he say no, it? I
5: would, have, I, I would have blacked out, and then, yeah, that yeah. doesn't make any sense.
3: Yeah.
4: Well, you hear that from people that go into an absolute rage that they, they don't remember. I mean, I don't know if that's an excuse because it's yeah. a court case, usually, or if that's true. I don't
5: know. Yeah. Well, blacking out isn't a, uh, it's not a defense anyway. You can't black out and then kill people and then get away with it just because you blacked out. Right. It's still something you did.
4: Yeah, it does make the difference between a death penalty thing, though, I think,
3: and Who, charges. Who's Charlie? The panel thinks Charlie's just a voice inside his head, writes Noel Murray at the New York Times. It's all very odd. Still, Simpson's description of the attack sounds anything but, hypo- anything but hypothetical. Yeah. Uh, So was this gripping or gross, he asked, and his answer is both. Though exploitative at times, it's better to have this interview out in the world rather than locked away. Uh, In Darden's view, I think he confessed to murder, said panelist Christopher Darden, who was one of the prosecutors in Simpson's trial who did a horrible job, by the way, per the Washington Post. He may try to describe it as hypothetical, but of course it becomes, I, I, I did this, I felt this, I saw this. He said this notion of Charlie... Charlie is O.J. This is no hypothetical. This is reality. Kristen Baldwin at Entertainment Weekly hates the decision by Fox to air the interview, saying the network fell off the human decency wagon and thinks uh, we learned little. It wasn't so much hypothetical as incoherent, she writes, much like Geraldo Rivera's anticlimactic live opening of Al Capone's vault. Come on, there was a Pepsi bottle in there.
4: (laughs) I think it's different.
3: You opened the vault and there was a Pepsi bottle in there. Uh, Decider ticks off 13 memorable parts of the special, including Simpson's downplaying of a domestic abuse incident. And by the way, CNN points out, O.J. Simpson will not make any money off the airing of the interview. It notes that Fox stood to gain by airing the show against the ABC premiere of former Fox hit American Idol. So they ran this just to try to battle American Idol.
1: I
5: doubt it. Well, I
4: mean, that's maybe. what
3: she's saying. I'm saying O.J. doesn't That's make, what CNN's
1: saying. O.J. might not make money directly off of it, but indirectly he'll... I'm sure.
5: Yeah, that's the thing. He stays money. in the spotlight.
3: Yeah. Well, out if he Yeah, he stays in the spotlight, but any money he makes goes to the Goldmans, doesn't it? Forever? Except for his pension. He has his NFL pension. They can't have that, but everything else he makes they get it, I think. Oh, really? Um, I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, yeah, he didn't make any money off it. He just he wants to stay front and center.
4: Well, I watched that um series about oj and it does seem like oj is all about fame
3: no
2: I mean, no
4: <laughs> it doesn't, you know, I don't just just a so. guess that he just really wants people to pay attention to him
3: yeah i suppose I, I the whole i cannot believe that was 24 years ago first of all
4: that is amazing
3: it is unbelievable that, that was 24 years ago that that happened but i i don't know how old is OJ now? Is he, what, he's 70, some 71 or 2 or something like that? I think he's
4: uh, 70. Yeah, around there.
3: He's only right. 70? That's it. You know, he's had a he's had some bumps in the road. Yes, he's My is 70. One of my favorite things about that OJ trial, but you guys are too young to remember, is his his grandma Eunice. Mhm. Or you Eun- I think it was Eunice she pronounced it it's Eunice, but I think she pronounced it Eunice. And for some reason, O.J. Simpson's son, Jason, was at the trial, too. And for some reason, Eunice kept saying over and over, Jason's not gay.
4: What? <laughs>
3: what? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Nothing. <laughs> what do you mean, Jason's not? And she kept saying it. She goes, Jason's not gay. Jason's not gay. What? <laughs> but uh, now, Eunice is the grandmother of... Eunice is not O.J.'s mother, right? Now The reason I ask that is because, because O.J. Simpson had a huge problem with the fact that his father was a cross-dresser. Yes, oh, that's she right. was his mom. Eunice Eunice was OJ's mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But but they talked about the fact that his father, O. J. Simpson's father, was a cross dresser and then eventually came out as gay and moved in with another man and apparently it drove O. J. crazy because the kids in the neighborhood wouldn't stop torturing him over it. So that's why they think the guy first of all, it pushed him to succeed beyond expectations, and he certainly did that at USC. Uh, he broke the 2,000-yard barrier in the NFL, although he did not have a great NFL career, but he was not with a very good team. So, you know, you, you have to kind of look past that. But um, from what I understand, his childhood, he was tortured by the local kids because his dad would show up in public dressed as a woman. And back then, you know, 60 years ago, whatever that was, nobody would ever – talked much about that it was everything was under wraps and 60 years ago I, you know i guess being gay wasn't the greatest thing in the world to other people i don't know but apparently it drove him crazy
4: well from what i remember about that special too is oj wasn't very nice to his friends
3: no he was not um you know, we have a friend that was a bouncer at the bar that oj used to hang out at in in buffalo and he said oj was a jerk to everybody and especially if he started drinking then it was you know no holds barred it was he would just go off the deep end and i guess it was a huge pain in the ass but i mean oj simpson is do you think he's well he has he's a beyond a sociopath he's a psychopath
5: yeah absolutely yeah Yeah,
3: he's a psychopath he's so far around around the bend because he had both worlds. He was tortured as a kid by the neighborhood kids. Then he became extremely successful uh, in college. and in Because uh, I believe, uh, you guys might know this better than I, I think O.J. for his first two years of college went to a junior college. And then USC picked him up as a running back. He only was at USC, I think, for two years.
4: And I don't remember.
3: I'm pretty sure that was the situation. And then uh, drafted by the Buffalo Bills, ended up moving out there. But... He had tremendous success. He became very famous. He became very wealthy. Uh, he was, I mean, his acting career was not was not flailing at all when this all happened. He, he couldn't stay married. He was married, what, twice or three times?
4: I think twice.
3: I know he was married twice. That I do know. He was married twice at least. But um, he just couldn't deal with the fact that he was this movie star, And it was one of those situations probably he needed love so badly he just couldn't get enough love, and it drove him crazy, you know. But from what I understand, he used to dominate people like there's no tomorrow. In other words, I have to, like if you're Nicole Simpson, Nicole Brown Simpson, I have to make you love me. That's just how it is. You have to love me, and I have to make you love me.
4: Well, then he shouldn't have beat her up.
3: Well, but that's what that I'm saying. Help. If you don't do what I want you to do, then I'm going to harm yeah. you.
4: Yeah, so he I had know. problems, big-time problems. He had
3: big-time mental problems. There's no doubt about that. I, don't uh, show. I love and this. A guy from the club came up and was like, hey, what is O.J. Simpson's here. And he said he wants to Chappelle? meet you. I said, what? Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. I ran down the steps. <laughs> and O.J. was down there. and was like, hey, yo, man. How are you? It's very good to meet you. And uh, you're doing really good work. And I hope good things happen for you in your life. I was like, man, thanks, Mr. Juice. Standing beside him, well I don't know the nice way to say this, uh, his soon-to-be slain wife. Oh my God. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, man <laughs> the fuck up, or you're not gonna make it through the end of this show. Just man the fuck up. She's dead,
6: you already know. We know what happened. We don't know who did it, but we know what happened.
3: The- I should tell you, that woman was very nice to me. She actually embraced me. She said, I think you're adorable. And she hugged me, she goes, good luck to you. And she held me for a long time. And I whispered in her ear,
6: bitch, are you trying to get us both killed?
3: (laughs) That is very funny. Chappelle's great. <laughs> <laughs> Chappelle's about as good as it gets. He just is a you know what's so great about Dave Chappelle? He is just 100 percent honest in, in his oh, yeah. his humor. This, the reason they tell me he walked away from uh, his comedy Central TV show is because he was getting so much pressure from people like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton because they were telling, man, you got to stop this. you're making white people laugh at us." Mm-hmm. And, and that's apparently why he walked away from 50 million dollars. So, well he you made know, it all back pressure. to his Netflix. See, mm-hmm. He certainly did. He does rather well in in, uh, in touring. That TV show was funny though, man. That white family with the big N last name. <laughs> and the milkman. The, he played the milkman. Yes. Come in. Good morning, big N. How is everybody today? Say, did you hear who Susie's dating? She's dating that Big N boy. <laughs> his last name. It's his last name. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that was funny stuff.
4: Yeah. He didn't skirt social issues.
3: No, he did not. Uh, Did a great job writing that show, as a matter of fact. No doubt about that. We will take a quick break. We will be right back. We have a guest coming up, right? Yes. Next segment, guest coming Mm -hmm. up, Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here. If you're ready to sell your home, you've probably heard that you should wait until spring. But why wait for temperatures to rise when the market is hot right now? Not selling in winter is a total myth. Truth is, buyers are hungry. That's 763-401-SOLD. The first two callers will get a free staging package. This is a huge value, and it's only going to the first two Tom Bernard Show callers from this ad. That's 763-401-SOLD. Call now, get the free staging package, and grab the opportunity before winter is over. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Saber Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Saber's A-rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Saber Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. (laughs) We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Bernard Show. Little Duran, Duran, known those guys since they were teenagers. Unbelievable. It's not like I hang out with them now, but it is what it is. Our special guest, Ruth King. How you doing, Ruth? I'm
2: doing well. How are you,
3: Tom? Marvelous. Could you turn her up a little bit? I can barely hear her. Yep. If that'll work, thank you very much. Sorry, Ruth, I just couldn't hear you very well. I'm Definitely. doing, I'm doing uh, very well now. I can hear you wonderfully.
2: Well, good. I'm uh, glad to hear that.
3: Yes, you sound, you sound terrific, Ruth. Ruth King, our special guest, you won't believe what people pilfer from work. I would like to say, Ruth, that I wouldn't believe it, but I believe every word it's <laughs> telling the truth. It's,
2: it's amazing. really sad. <laughs> it's sad.
3: It is amazing. I just, uh, the book is called The Ugly Truth About
2: Cash.
3: What is The Ugly Truth About Cash, Ruth?
2: It's the fact that if you're not paying attention, small business owners trust too much and people will steal from you. It's either going to be stealing time, it's going to be stealing money, or it's going to be stealing stuff. One of the three.
4: Pay attention. Tom has some experience with that.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, I've got a lot of experience with that, actually, Ruth. People working with me and for me, they think uh, if there's cash to be had that they should take it all, and that's all there is to it. It's unbelievable.
2: Well, you're made of money, right? Unbelievable.
3: Yeah, well, that's what, every, that's what everybody <laughs> thinks. Of course, nobody is. Uh well I, I suppose Jeff Bezos is made of money but uh yeah that's a different deal. <laughs> Ruth King reveals many of the ways Steve steal from hardworking entrepreneurs. This book gives business owners what to look out for and the procedures to implement that will protect their hard-earned cash and assets. Through stories and lessons learned from entrepreneurs who have been there, you'll discover how to handle such situations as uh, my bookkeeper was going through a nasty divorce. Oh, you don't want a bookkeeper going through a nasty divorce.
2: No, you do not. Definitely you- do not.
3: <laughs> so, Ruth, you just just fire him just out of <laughs> say I'm sorry you're going through a divorce you're fired I don't
2: know if you can do that I don't think Why you not? can well the reality is is you may not want to do that you just have to watch carefully the, the really sad part about that story is that the bookkeeper forged a check because she started thinking emotionally rather than rationally and she knew that right. the company actually loaned money to employees because she took it out of payroll deduction every week but she turned <sighs> you know emotional rather than thinking rationally when she needed three thousand dollars for her divorce attorney and didn't have it and as a result she spent three years in in jail and screwed up her whole career because she wasn't thinking right
3: so you don't think that it was just malice she just she was so beside herself in the divorce process that she made do you think it was kind of a mistake she just didn't did she not realize what she was doing
2: well I, i think she was so emotional she couldn't think rationally and right her attorney calls her on Tuesday and says, I need $3,000 by Friday, and if I don't have it, I'm going to drop your case, and she went off the deep end. Didn't think Oh, God. Yeah.
3: Now, you also advise people, don't give out bonus checks. Why? What happens with bonus checks?
2: We had a guy, um, had to be a young millennial, sorry, but it probably was, who... <laughs> <laughs>
3: I like it. I like it.
2: Who who was probably bragging to his friends of the amount of his bonus check because it was a really, really good year. And the friend said, nah, you didn't make that much or something along those lines. So he took a picture of the check, routing number, account number, uh, and everything, and put it on Facebook.
3: Oh, God, no.
2: Oh, God, yes.
3: (laughs) Honestly, had this person ever heard of the dark web? Because that's... (laughs) I mean, you don't even need the dark web for that one.
2: No, you don't. And... I mean, I don't think he meant any malice by it, but the reality was he didn't think he didn't think about it, no. and you know, give it, give out bonus checks, but do it through direct deposit, and you just get your little thing, and this is how much you got. That's fine. That works. He took
3: he he took a picture of the check with the routing number, the bank number, everything. with everything in full view.
2: In full view. Oh God. That's
3: just so dumb. And do you have any idea how much that cost the company?
2: Somewhere north of now, let's let's put it in the tens of thousands. The banker caught it pretty quick and shut the account. Oh, good! Unbelievable, unbelievable. But I mean, this is stuff that people don't think about. You know, they don't think rationally, so they do stupid stuff. They they don't think, and, and then as a result of doing stuff, the company owners themselves get hurt a great deal so you do smart things like you don't give your bookkeeper check signing authority you make sure your financial statements are accurate and they're given to you by the 10th or the 15th of the following month you look at your accounts payable balance and accounts receivable balance and make sure they balance what's on your balance sheet otherwise i can i can steal money really easily by fooling around with journal entries promise
4: oh yes they can (laughs) (laughs) yes that is for sure very easily yep absolutely
3: Uh, you know what's amazing about all this this has probably happened to almost everybody uh many people don't even know what ever happened uh they don't understand well what happened here do they just not get it i mean they're so focused on on their business they, they don't Look at anything else.
2: Well, in all reality, none of us started our businesses to do the financial side of business. We started it to right. provide a service right. or do a product. And most people, unless they get caught, you know, i.e., they have to pay payroll and they can't have the cash, don't have the cash in the bank, or a vendor calls demanding payment or something along those lines, and they get into a cash flow crunch. They they generally don't pay attention, and or somebody mm-hmm. they find somebody stealing from them. Um, but once you start paying attention, and once you start stop trusting. Business owners are too trusting. They don't put the procedures in place to keep the honest people honest. I mean, the the statistics are really crazy. The Association of Fraud Examiners says about 7% of all revenues are embezzled every single year. I mean, that's just, you know, a little piece of all small business revenues. The um, Hickcock is an insurance company, and obviously they write insurance fraud. The average amount was $284,000 that got embezzled or stolen. I mean, we're just people just aren't paying attention. They just don't pay attention until something happens.
3: Is it because they have so much to do themselves they can't pay attention?
2: No, they don't want to pay attention. It's like exercise. Oh, they just don't want <laughs> It's like exercise. Wait a minute, Ruth. Exercise? <laughs> yeah. You're it's
3: supposed that exercise,
2: bad. Exercise, right? But you don't do it, or most people don't do it. <laughs>
3: most people don't do it. <laughs>
2: It's not always fun, but you got to go do it. It's like financials don't have to be a whole lot of fun, but you got to do them.
3: No, I understand. And by the way, uh, if I ever get a title, I don't want it to be Prince. I don't want it to be King. I want it to be Profitability Master. Thank you. That's a, that's a, very, that's a great title you have there.
2: Thank you. And then that's what I do is I help companies, and I use the latest tools to help them get and stay profitable. That's my role in life.
3: How did you start out? Where did did you first become interested in this?
2: I started out as a chemical engineer, believe it or not, and went to school, um, worked in chemical engineering, and absolutely hated it. (laughs) So I went back to school, got my MBA, and found I had a love of numbers, and learned it and took it from that point ever since, and I can explain them in English rather than accounting babble, and light bulbs go on, and people do well, and we have fun.
3: So you, you've you owned eight businesses yourself?
2: Yes. I still and what own kind of businesses themselves. are we talking? Um, oh, you do? Con- okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. My consulting business is um, where I do the, the speaking and the training and, and that type of thing. I have uh, mm-hmm. an internet broadcasting network for small business owners called ProfitabilityRevolution.com. And we broadcast oh, yeah. 24-7, 365. Uh, ideas that will help small business owners we have 600 and some odd shows in our library all focused on small business owners um so i mean those are my two main ones right now um i've had water business which i didn't like (laughs) a t-shirt business which i loved um and and other businesses as we go through this whole process
3: you had a water business
2: yeah i hated that didn't last very long i I wasn't into
3: what it
2: It was you know the kind of before the Brita type water filtration system. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, Kind of somewhat like an engineer would do, but that wasn't my thing. <laughs>
3: and why did you hate it? Why did you hate it so much?
2: Because it was just, I mean, I thought it would be a whole lot more fun to do than it was, but it wasn't the technology that I thought it was. It was just filtration. And that's boring to me.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Did you, when you were a child, did you just love numbers and maybe later on in life realize how much you loved numbers?
2: But I loved business as a kid, and then the number oh, came second. Yeah, I, I had my first business when I was probably eight, and my, both of my lemonade my, my,
3: stands don't count.
2: No, lemonade stands <clears throat> don't count. But we used to grow and sell flowers. We used to do things. I used to sew and I knitted and, and sold that type of thing. And um, both of my my dad and my grandfather were both entrepreneurs, and my grandmother, oh, okay. although she wasn't considered an entrepreneur, worked really, really hard and, and did a lot of entrepreneurial things. So I think it's in my blood.
3: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. You weren't so you were inspired by other members of your family.
2: Yeah. And you was know what's so interesting to me?
3: I don't know if you 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 know who Joe Satriani is, He's a great I guitar do. player. Yes. Oh you know Joe Joe Satriani? He was just on the show last week and I was talking about that very thing that that what he does is very mathematical Uh, and you have to be very analytical to be as good a guitar player as he is... Um and he, he a great example, and I want your take on this, Ruth. That's okay. why I'm telling you the story, because I want your take on it. You, take a, you pick up a guitar and you look at it and go, okay, well, there are six different strings on this. They're all six different sizes. What am I supposed to do with this as far as notes are concerned? Whereas a piano has 88 keys. Some of them are white. Some of them are black. It's very clear what, where the notes are on a piano. Whereas with a guitar... You can do things you can't do with a piano.
2: That's true. Uh, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. There are people that that well, I would I would throw myself in, in this category. I do not have the ability, even though I do have a very analytical mind and I'm pretty good with numbers. I don't have the ability to be a great guitar player. I could play a guitar, but I could never become great at it because that's just not how my mind works.
2: Well, and also uh, you you haven't done the practice that Joe has done too. I'm sure. Right. I mean, no,
3: there's no question about that
2: Yeah, I mean, I played piano from the time I was probably in 4th grade to the time I was in 12th grade And then, you know, I got really good at it, but it's not, it's not like a guitar My daughter is much more musically inclined because she can play guitar, piano, every okay. percussion instrument, um, clarinet And she can just pick something up and actually just play it I don't have that luxury, that's not me, even though I am analytical with respect to numbers It's just not right. a skill that I have
3: I mean, Prince, a guy from, from Minnesota, as a matter of mm-hmm. fact, he could literally pick up any instrument or sit down at any instrument and play it. Yep. It didn't matter. It's amazing. Uh, how, that, how his brain worked is amazing to me, and how your brain works is amazing as well because all these people just let all this stuff. Did you witness a lot of this before you wrote the book? I mean, just in person witness it?
2: They're all my, they're all my clients.
3: Oh, they are. Okay, so you absolutely, you
2: absolutely
3: <laughs> witnessed it. The, and did you?
2: The reason I wrote the finally wrote the book is I had a guy call me on the phone. He never became a client and said, "I have a problem because I think my financial statements are wrong." And would you would you help me? And my answer is always yes. Um, send me your P and Ls and balance sheets for the past two years. And he did. And I started putting them into the Excel spreadsheet that I use, and the numbers weren't adding up. So, for example, if you know we have. Uh, vehicle expenses, for example, and you have, you know, gasoline and maintenance and tolls and parking and da-da-da-da-da, all those Mm -hmm. sub-numbers did not add to the total for vehicle expense. And I'm like, wait a minute, Excel doesn't make a mistake. We checked our numbers, and I said, okay, I'm going to pull out the adding machine just to make sure. (laughs) And sure enough, the amount that was actually from the subtotal was much higher than the amount that the QuickBooks total said it was. So $51,000 of embezzlement later for one year,
4: oh, I God. said,
2: that's it. This is the most diabolically creative way that I've ever seen to steal. And I'm finishing the book. That's it. Done. And I actually sat down and wrote it.
3: How do people, do you know this part of it, how do people convince themselves that they're not doing anything wrong when they're stealing from their business?
2: Some people, I think, just get a perverse pleasure in seeing how much they can get away yes. with.
3: Other yeah, people, I agree
2: think that's true. That. Yeah, and other people think, well, you know, as we jokingly said at the beginning of the show, everybody thinks you're made of money. If, if they see mm-hmm. that the owners of the company is, you know, going on vacation, doing this, buying fancy cars, and they're working their butts off and not for very much, they think, okay, he can afford it, I'm going to take a piece of it.
3: But what's weird, Ruth, is you don't deserve a piece of it, this person, this man or woman, worked their butts off to get where they are, they had great ideas, and then worked really hard from there. That's how they got all the money. How do you convince yourself that you deserve part of it, even though it wasn't your idea and you didn't do all the hard work to turn it into a huge business?
2: You're going to have to ask somebody with a sick mind. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs)
3: The book is called The Ugly Truth About Cash. You're a great guest, Ruth. We'd we'd love to have you back and talk more about this. I I, I like the way you look at things.
2: I'd be happy to come back. We can talk some more.
3: I would love to, Ruth. Thank you for your time today.
2: My pleasure. You have a great day.
3: Ruth King, The Ugly Truth About Cash. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.